Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back to another edition of The Perfect Storm. This is Michael Markulak, Harbor Technology Group. Today I'm joined by Evan Kennedy, a security consultant also here at Harbor. Evan, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Why don't you, uh, for our listeners, give a little background, um, you know, a little bit about your education, a little bit about what you've been doing at Harbor, and then we'll uh, kind of jump in and talk some awareness training. Sure. So uh, I've been with Harbor here for about a year and a half. Um, year and a half is that about, about that long about that long oh man time flies um i interned for uh, about six months while i was still in school at george mason university while i was studying uh information security uh, and then i graduated last december um with a uh, degree in information technology concentrating in information security uh, and then since january i've been working full-time with harbor um mainly working with uh uh, vulnerability scanning, uh, ethical hacking, and uh, security training. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the basic rundown of my security uh, work and background, but um, yeah. Great. You know, I'd like to jump in and, and, and talk about awareness training. Um, you know, we've talked to our clients and we talk to our prospects all the time about the importance of awareness training. Uh, the, the necessity to do simulated phishing, um, the frequency of training. So, you know, from, from your impression, from running programs for, for both very large and, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, you know, kind of walk us through, you know, what is simulated phishing? Um, what is uh, good training, right? How do we mm-hmm. test and, you know, what kind of statistics should we be looking at? Right. So, um what we like to do here at Harbor is uh, run a kind of what I like to think of as like a two-pronged uh, training um, curriculum, which starts with simulated phishing and then goes on to using uh, video training modules with a short quiz. Um, but, you know, talking first about simulated phishing, it, 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 what it's supposed to do is kind of, it's almost like uh, going through a game scenario uh, in practice. If you're, you know, privy to how sports practices work, it's, you're, you're basically practicing like you're going to play. So um, what we do is we'll send out, say, an email to a company, every employee at a company that looks like, uh, like, like an Amazon uh, email or saying, like, uh, somebody logged into your account. This looks like a new location. Um, you might want to look at this you know, if this wasn't you. Um, and then it, it always includes a link or um, an attachment that it prompts you to click on and then log into or just read um, or download. Um, and the goal of it is to see if um, the emails recipient can detect it as a fake email. 
So, so what's the, you know, what's the average, right? I mean, you know, if you, you know, we start with a brand new company, you know, how many people typically click um, on fraudulent emails and, you know, is, is there a percentage of folks that also give up their credentials? Yeah. So I've seen pretty often with, with new clients that anywhere from 40 to 50% of new, of users will, you know, fall victim to the, the phishing, email, the simulated phishing email. It's, it's a really high rate because um, they haven't seen it. They, they hard, you know. Um, they don't have experience in looking for the red flags of a phishing email. Um, and then as far as entered credentials, it's a little less than 50%, but it's still a very high number. Um, and, and that's just amazing to me, right? If you, you think about cybercrime today, you know, ransomware, business email compromise, you know, phishing attempts are, you know, the way the criminals get in. Mm-hmm. So, so what... What can a, you know, what is a, a client looking for? You know, what is the ideal kind of rate? You know, I mean, we, we never get to zero. Humans will be humans. But, uh, you know, what are we looking to get at from 50%? Well, funny you say that we never get to zero. I've seen plenty of times where companies are extremely good at finding phishing emails and they have months and months and months in a row where they don't fall victim to it. But like you said, humans are humans and there's always gonna be mistakes made. No one's perfect. Um, but coming down like an ideal rate, um, anywhere below ten percent, I would say it'd be ideal. Okay. Um, once you get above uh, more than ten percent of a company's employees being fished, that's when it comes a really uh, dangerous situation. Sure. And, and and you know you you mentioned the two prong approach, right? Mm-hmm. You know the second prong being more of an active training um, than the, the the game time simulation. Mm-hmm. So. You know, describe the the active training program here at Harbor and and you know the the, the quality of the uh, content that, that gets provided. Sure. So uh, we like to send out a three to five minute video clip uh, every month that focuses on a specific cybersecurity topic, uh, whether that be um, what a malicious Wi-Fi hotspot might be or where you might find it, um, common phishing tactics used by malicious actors uh, and things things like that. Um, all attached with a small uh, with a small quiz attached at the end of it to make sure that the user was paying attention and picked up on the, the, the teachable moments. Um, and the goal of it really uh, being to make the uh, trainee aware of cybersecurity throughout the workplace and throughout life and where they can look for it to make sure that they're protecting themselves and ultimately their information and their company's information. Um, so what are those, you mentioned red flags, what are those red flags, you know, the, you know, the three, four things that, that individuals should be looking for? Um, yeah, uh, the three things that I usually uh, tell people to look out for is first and foremost looking at the uh, sender's email address. If it looks um, a little bit off, that should immediately be a red flag. Um, Going back to the Amazon uh, example, if commonly um, companies will list their email addresses that you know that they they send emails from, and that um, you should uh, either know or you know you can cross reference to make sure that it's legitimate. Um, and if that you know if you're looking at either the list of these emails or you say email Amazon support himself or talk to them, be like, is this some some address that you use? And they say no then that's most likely a phishing email. Um, 
So that's the first thing I look at a sender. If they look suspicious, read the rest of the email with scrutiny. Um, the next thing would be uh, looking for common like grammatical errors, and, or not common grammatical, but grammatical errors, spelling errors. It's getting a little bit, that's becoming a little less of a, a red flag nowadays because they're getting, like attackers are getting smarter. They're not, you know, they're using better language and uh, more business savvy language, I guess. Um, but that's that's been a, a red flag for a while that you can kind of detect, um, especially if it's from a, a, a you know a company that's good at sending legible right. emails. Um, another thing is if the email um, asks you to do something, like click on this link to log into your account or click on this attachment, um, that's something that uh, should raise a red flag or at least make you a little bit more aware of what you're you're reading and before you click on anything you want to make sure that everything else checks out um and say they ask you to click on a link to go to your account um next thing i always say to do is take your mouse uh cursor hover it over the link and um it'll a preview of that link will show up either right around your cursor or at the bottom left of your, uh, your screen and if that uh Address, that landing page address um, doesn't look right, then that's something you shouldn't click on. Right. Um, the Amazon example, uh, you know, anything Amazon related would probably be www.amazon.whatever. Right. Um, say you hover over a, an Amazon link within an email, it's like www.a.amazon.com. That's something that you shouldn't click on. Right. Yeah, that, that use of subdomains to. to mm -hmm. To kind of trick people into clicking, and, and I'm still amazed. And, and you know, for you know, our listeners that are as old or nearly as old as I am, right? This goes back to the Nigerian prince scheme, right? right? That's yeah, that's the classic. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you ask the question, who fell for the Nigerian prince mm -hmm. you know, scheme? And nobody, nobody raises their hand. But you know, we see uh, more and more businesses being affected by this, right? Yeah, everything from the you know, you know. Uh, you don't know how things got into the colonial pipeline, but most mm -hmm. ransomware is delivered via, you know, uh, phishing attempts. Um, from a, a business owner perspective, right? From mm -hmm. small and medium-sized businesses, um, how effective is awareness training? Right? You know, is, is it you know, you know, is one of those things that is a must-have or is it a nice-to-have? Uh, I would say it's a must-have. Um, I've seen uh, through the through the numbers that I've seen. Um, you know, starting off with that initial simulated phishing campaign, you have a very high click rate, very high um, rate of people entering their login credentials into the fake login portal. I've seen those numbers go down drastically within months when um, they go through this regular simulated, or not simulated, uh, cybersecurity awareness training. Um, you know, you start out with the basic, like this is what you should look out for in a potential phishing email. This is, um, you know, these are common tactics used by attackers to get into an organization's network, that kind of thing. Um, and I've seen the numbers go down drastically in within two to three months. Um, so I, I would say it's a must have. Great. And, and in terms of, um, you know, how hard is this to implement, right? So if an organization engages with Harbor to, to, to do simulated training, is it a lot of work for them? Is it, you know, how do they get set up? Um, you know, just kind of give us the, the, the basics of, you know, what the what is required from the business to get going. I mean, it's it's, it's very simple, really. Um, all that's needed on our side from a business would be a list of users, um, 
And then on their side, they just need to make sure that a couple um, IP addresses are whitelisted on their email service, email filtering system. Um, and then once that's good to go, they're, they're, we're ready to send out training, simulated phishing, um, and their, their users are ready to learn about cybersecurity. Good. I, you know, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, you know, I saw in your bio, and I know your bio well. <laughs> um, you know that you recently certified uh, uh, ethical hacker, certified mm -hmm. penetration tester. So, so talk to me a little bit about ethical hacking. What is ethical hacking? Um, is it something that you know small and medium-sized businesses need to think about? Um, you know, what value is there for 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 the SMB community? Right. Uh... Well, let's uh, talking about ethical hacking and exactly what it is. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's hacking, but in a non-malicious way, if that makes sense. Um, instead of a hacker going in and hacking into a, a organization's network um, to steal data, delete data, edit it, um, it's more um, an ethical hacker's job is to find out what's possible once they enter a network, if they can even get into the network. Um, and then they report those their findings to the organization so that they can go ahead and try to patch the holes where necessary um, and, and make the, the changes they need to. Um, it is the commonly, I, I don't know if it's a common term that most people will know, but white hat and black, black hat hacking, where black hat is the malicious actors, where sure. white hat is the ethical hackers trying to make sure, you know, that organizations are good to go as far as um, security goes. Yeah, before we before we head down the value side of it, just uh, I think for some of our listeners, could you talk about the difference between vulnerability scanning and you know ethical hacking, penetration testing? Right. We, you know, as we hear about those terms being used mm -hmm. kind of interchangeably, right. and, and you know, as we know, it's not. But if you could explain that to to our listeners. Right. So if we're talking about vulnerability scanning, ethical hacking, and penetration testing, uh, it's um, they're all similar. So, you know, that's why people use them interchangeably, but there is a, a small differences that make them very distinctly different. Um, so with vulnerability scanning, it's, it's uh, a passive way of finding vulnerabilities. You'll put a um, scanner appliance on a network and you'll run a scan to see um, what devices aren't configured properly. Um, you know, th if things aren't updated, like software, um, that's what vulnerability scanning does. It, it gives you a list of uh, vulnerabilities that are present on a network. Um, ethical hacking is taking those findings, if they do use them, um, it depends on the scope of the, the project, but um, it's taking either taking those vulnerabilities or not and finding a way to exploit them. And um, exploiting them and then acting as a hacker and seeing how far they can get within a network and right. see, see how privileged they can be. Um, penetration testing is, is similar to ethical hacking, uh, but it's more just seeing uh, which different ways someone can get into a, a, a network. Okay. And, and ultimately, you know, you know, cyber criminals are after information, right? Data, yes. you know, and, and specifically data they can monetize, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, healthcare records and all of that. Um, so, so to shift the, the question back to you know, small and medium-sized businesses, right? If mm -hmm. I'm a, if I'm a, a, a responsible for security for a, you know, a defense contractor, or if I'm, you know, running a, a small financial services firm, maybe a credit union, 
uh, insurance company, should, should I be considering ethical hacking and penetration testing? You know, where do they fit into my security strategy? Well, if you want to go by the example of uh, any uh, organization that follows PCI, payment card, uh, you know, uh, I forget the exact. Uh, yeah, yeah. P P PCI for, for those unfamiliar is a uh, you know, consortium that uh, an industry group that has put together best practices around how to process and handle credit cards right. and the security around them. Right. So specifically with companies that uh, handle that uh, type of information, it's required that you do um, ethical hacking or penetration testing, I believe, once a year. Okay. Um, but as far as people who aren't required, um, I still think it's an extremely valuable um, service to look out for, you know, to, to hire. Because um, not only is it a, um, I would say, responsible thing to do for especially like a, your client's information, um, I think it's, you know, as, as we move further into the cyber world, um, I think just being able to know that your network uh, is secure, at least as much as it can be, you know, through ethical hacking, penetration testing, uh, through their findings, I think that's extremely valuable to any business, whether it be large, small, or medium. Right. So, you know, um, and again, you know, coming, coming out of a, a cybersecurity education program, you know, spending a couple of years, um, you know, kind of, you know, hands-on in the cyber world, you know, kind of any... Any recommendations? Any kind of thoughts for small and medium businesses? Any any threats or trends that you're seeing that uh, you know businesses need to think about and beware of? Uh, the biggest thing that I would be aware of right now is exactly what we're working to help with, which is phishing and ransomware. Um, I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, but I, I want to say that in 2018, 90 percent of ransomware is delivered via phishing email. Yeah, something somewhere Probably like that. And you know, yeah, the, the 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 classic number is you know not over 90 percent of all data breaches, whether it be ransomware or data exfiltration, you know, happen from a human doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Right. That's the right. that's the Verizon uh, data breach report from a couple of years ago. Right. So, yeah, you know, when 90 percent of the 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 bad things that can happen to your network or getting in via email, you probably want to find someone to take care of that. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, computers are smart, usually a lot smarter than people and they make a lot less mistakes than people. So the easiest way to get into a network is through people. Um, so that's the, that's the biggest thing I would say to focus on would be making sure that your users and employees know what to look out for in phishing. Um, you know, know, uh, the rights and wrongs of the cybersecurity world, because um, that way that they're, if they're privy to that knowledge, they can, you know, actively keep themselves safe and keep the organization safe as a result. Yeah, and I think that you know that the FBI has put out numbers, you know, you know that that you know uh, ransomware has caused billions of dollars worth of damage, you know, mm -hmm. across the globe um, on a several year basis. So. Yeah, I, I think that trend's continuing, um, and it's funny because one of the you know when I go out and speak on cybersecurity, I, I talk about the odd variants of this, right? The, right. the one, you know, the variant that affects college campuses, where instead of calling mom and dad saying you need five hundred bucks to unlock your computer, you can you know give up three of your friends, right? You know? And you know, the, you know, we're seeing more and more of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it it 
Last last question, um, and I'll, I'll jump back to the, to the fishing fishing side. We talked about you know attachments. Um, you know, is there anything you know particular we should be looking for around attachments, or you know, when when somebody sends us an email, and, and I think, and it's funny, I did a, a presentation uh, a couple of weeks ago on the history of cybersecurity. You know, the, the first piece of malware uh, that was delivered via a, a, a package like that, an attachment was called the I love you um, mm. uh, virus and it was actually de you know, delivered in a little uh, in a little uh, executable file that was that, that was called I love you um, right. um, which I, you know I assume if somebody gets a I love you you know Excel spreadsheet they're not opening it but uh, what else should they be looking for and, and how well and I guess this is a long question how well does you know spam filtering you know catch those kinds of things Paul First, I'd like to say, if I ever saw an Excel spreadsheet that said, I love you, I'd be very suspicious. <laughs> um, Especially if it came from me, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'd be very weird, very weird email. Um, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to attachments, um, the best thing that I, I would suggest to do would be to contact the supposed sender via a different way than email to make sure that they meant to send it to you. Um, because, I mean... Uh, say uh, the most common files that are sent or attachments that are sent that are malicious are word and pdf files and, and excel spreadsheets i'll throw them in there as well um with the word and excel spreadsheets that's using uh, macro uh, macro trojan viruses which um, i can talk about a little bit later if you'd like but um the best thing that i would say to do would be if you see an attachment you weren't expecting it say it's some supposed report um I would contact the, the sender via some other method than email or a phone number that's in the email if you know how to or if you say it's a from an employee if you, and you know their, their uh, supervisor contact their supervisor to contact them right. um, because it's a little bit harder to you can't really tell if something's malicious like an attachment's malicious unless you click on it <laughs> Uh, so it's better to be safe before you click on anything. Um, you know, better safe than sorry. Right. All right. T tell you what, we'll leave that there. Um, you know, better, better safe than sorry is always a, a good point. Um, I'd, I'd like to thank Evan for joining us. Um, you know, the name of the, the podcast is The Perfect Storm. It is Harbor Technology Group. Mm -hmm. So we put all of our guests on the spot. <laughs> um, you know, ask you to name, a, you know, a favorite beach location, a harbor, or, or more importantly, you know, and give us a give us a bar in a harbor where we can go have a good beer and burger. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to uh, kind of close this out. All right. Um, I don't go to the water very much. Um, I live pretty far inland, but um, I guess like the best beach location I've been to, uh, which is it's not quite a harbor, but it's a little inlet, uh, would be in Alcomal, Mexico. Um, where if you swim out, uh, it's a very popular snorkeling location. If you swim out, you can swim with a sea turtle. And uh, I know that on that uh, on that beachfront is a pretty good uh, bar and grill. Nice. That I had a pretty good burger at. There you go. That's how, you know, you go down to Mexico, do a little snorkeling with the sea turtles. You know, mm -hmm. that sounds more like fish tacos and, and, <laughs> and, and Corona, but... Uh, it's, it's not quite a resort place, but it's if you if you navigate it well, it's a it's a really nice time. So, 
Oh, good. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back sometime in the future to talk about some uh, some other topics in cybersecurity. I'd love to. Thanks. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 